Welcome to the Seed Time Money Podcast. We are your hosts, Bob and Linda Lodick. This is a hope-filled podcast that'll help you save, earn, give, grow, and actually enjoy your money. We don't hold anything back. We share everything that we've learned on our journey. Everything from being 100% broke, to paying off our house by age 31, to finding work with purpose, to giving more than we ever dreamed possible, all while having a blast on this adventure that God has led us on. And if you want to achieve true financial freedom and design a life of eternal impact, this is the show for you. All right, today, Lynn and I are going to be interviewing Jen Smith and Jill Sirianni. They are the hosts of the Frugal Friends podcast, which you may have heard of. Uh, and they're authors of a book called The No Spend Challenge Guide, um, which you can pick up over on Amazon. And I was really intrigued by this idea because, um, you know, they both have a compelling story of how no spend challenges have just really impacted their lives. And um, Jen ended up paying off $78,000 of debt. Uh, and this was a big part of it. And so it got my attention. And so that's what we're talking about today on this episode. And we'll dive in in just a second here. But uh, I just found this to be really interesting because. 30-day challenges um, in which you could create a no-spend challenge any way you want, but um, but I've found 30-day challenges to be really significant. I've done a lot of different ones, and they've been really powerful in my life, but I've never done a 30-day no-spend challenge. And I'm like, this is really intriguing. And, uh, and so there's a lot of value in it, even beyond just saving money, which we'll get to in just a second. So anyway, so that's where we're going in this episode. Um, so Linda and I, Jen and Jill, we have this big old party talking about how you can have a no spend challenge. So with that, let's get to it. So you guys have this book, the no spend challenge guide on Amazon. It's a bestseller. You have a ton of reviews. Like it seems like it's going really well. And I want to know how this started for you that I'm assuming you both went through no spend challenges and it must've impacted you to some level that you're like, I'm going to write a book about this. <laughs> so share that story. I guess Jen start, then Jill when hear your side and let's go yeah. from there. So I actually published the book shortly. I think it was shortly after I met Jill and I wrote it and published it shortly after, but I use no spend challenges to essentially like teach myself frugality. So my husband and I had $78,000 of debt between us mm. and we wanted to pay it off. I really thought that I could just side hustle my way out. Like I was already buying the generic brands at the grocery store. And I thought that meant I was responsible with my spending. Yeah. It didn't help that like on the way home from the grocery store, I was buying Chipotle for dinner. So <laughs> I, it was a disconnect there. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought I could just side hustle my way out of debt. And two months into that plan, I was working so, so many hours. I gave myself shingles from mm. the stress. Wow. Um, That's no fun. Yeah, it was not. And I still kind of have like the nerve damage. So when I get oh my stressed, wow. my body kind of reminds me to like slow down. Wow. Uh, so a blessing and a curse, I guess. Yeah. I realized I had to figure out how to spend less, but I really didn't want to give up the things that I loved. But honestly, like I couldn't tell you what I loved and what I didn't love. I wanted to spend money on anything I wanted whenever I wanted. So being mm -hmm. a very, right, <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm an adult. Yeah. So I decided if I'm going to go in on something, I go all in. So I yeah. was like, okay, I will spend a month not spending money on anything, you know, besides like bills and debt payments and yeah. all that stuff. I will cut out everything and just put all the money towards debt that I save. 
And I didn't go into it thinking that I would find what I value and what I want to spend money on guilt-free and, and what I am spending money on that I didn't even realize, like the Chipotle trips on the way home from the grocery store. Yep. I didn't go into it thinking I'd discover those, but those were the long-term benefits of it. And frankly, mm -hmm. much more beneficial than maybe the couple hundred dollars I saved by doing the actual no-spend challenge. And so I did several of those during the two years we were paying off our debt. And I was like, this has been eye-opening for me, the long-term benefits of these things, and then figuring out how I can still have what I value while not spending money, like forcing myself to get creative. Yeah. And so that's why I wrote the book. And that was kind of like an inspiration for early episodes of the podcast when we started it just maybe six months after. Yeah, that's cool. All right. So Jill, tell me, have you done any no-spend challenges? Like have they impacted you at all? Oh, my whole life is a no spend okay. challenge. <laughs> There's something to explain here. I think that certainly when people think about the word frugality, it can oftentimes get associated with cheap and deprivation. And I definitely don't want to spread a message of something that's not attainable. But I also want to recognize all of my my hoarders, my money hoarders and savers out there and the people who are like, I'm not going to spend if I don't have to. That has been developed and cultivated in me sometimes, well, out of necessity from previous experiences, but then just adopted as a lifestyle in many ways. And so I think for me, my journey of frugality and an understanding that has come out of not spending is permission to spend, which is similar mm. to what Jen is describing. We just yeah. got there by different modes of transportation. Jen is the brains behind the No Spend Challenge Guide. She solely authored that. The only thing yeah. we've co-authored together is, is a workbook. But yes, I have done no spend challenges, although that's not necessarily my issue. My issue is permission to spend mm -hmm. and permission for my partner to spend. But of yeah. course, mm. paying attention to where the spending is or the lack of spending is, has definitely informed me about myself and my values, like Jen is saying with the no spend challenge and then creating that permission of, but now how do I want to utilize this resource of money and yeah. where do I want to save? And if I'm saving, what's the best place to be putting that money? And if I want to spend, where's the best place to spend that money? So my journey has been more the, where can I spend it yeah. with yeah. guilt free? Yeah. 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 And I think we should talk a little bit more about that because that is something that I think a lot of people listening to a podcast about money are probably leaning a little bit more on the side of needing to give themselves and their spouse specifically <laughs> permission to spend. I would love for you to talk a little bit more about that just because, I mean, this is not my problem. I'm like, yeah, we can spend money all day long. I have no problem there. <laughs> but <She's right. laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because there can be that tension of, I feel like you just don't want me to ever spend money and I have always have to ask permission, right? So Absolutely. yeah, expand on that. Oh, I can talk to this. Jen has had firsthand observation of this very conversation. <laughs> My husband is amazing. I really hit the jackpot in all of the layers and levels. Congratulations. So, yeah, he's so great. I have such great things to say about him. 
in my opinion, he spends a lot of money on shoes. Like he's, <laughs> I think he's shoe obsessed. He denies this. <laughs> he does not agree. And digs his heels in. Not only does he not agree that he's not shoe obsessed, but he claims that I have more shoes than him. This, Have we counted? This should be easy to figure out, guys. <laughs> the should, thing is, yeah. the thing is, is they need a third are, party. His shoes are also everywhere. I feel <laughs> like I have to whisper because he is in the house. I, it's not, I can't get an accurate count because I'm still discovering. There's like some in the trunk and then there's some in the garage and then there's some out on the patio. Right, so fair like, enough, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. However, it came to this conversation recently where, where I was kind of poking at, I don't really care. We've got money for the <laughs> shoes that you want to buy. But for me, I don't get, I don't get it. If I'm going to buy a pair of shoes, it's going to be functional. It's got to mm. be that a pair of my shoes just broke or suddenly I decided to become a runner and I need good running shoes. Like there's got to be a reason it's going to be form yeah. and function. Yeah. And we're not just buying things to just buy them. So funny. But it occurred to me, yes, as we were having this conversation, the connection that really helped me to create space and permission was he just likes it. He just mm -hmm. likes shoes. There's not many other things that he's going to spend frivolously, you know, in my definition. Yeah other than on shoes. I think that's why it, it strikes me like, yeah, you buy construction stuff that makes sense because we're building a house, we're, we're doing renovations, or you yeah, get yeah. music equipment because you're writing an album. That makes sense. Uh -huh. But why do you just need another pair of shoes? I'm like, well, what shoes is this going to replace? Or what problem do you have now with your so shoes familiar. that this, this is going to solve that problem? And yes. he's just like, I, nothing. I just like them. I think they're really cool. And something clicked with me. We talk all the time, but of course, you know, in my own life, I can be a little bit dense of values-based spending and mm -hmm. understanding where our values are and how our spending and decision and actions can align with that. And for me, it clicked when I realized he just likes it. This is <laughs> fun for him. He finds it beautiful in his own way. It's something that that he would enjoy spending money on, enjoy wearing. He just likes it. It might not yeah. form a function. It might just be form and yeah. permission. I kid you not. It's like a flip switched in my mind. And I thought he values that and I value him. So I'd love for him to be able to purchase those shoes. Now it's not like sky's the limit. He can't like buy all five <laughs> of the shoes he's got his eyes on right now. Yeah. But I think when it comes to these money conversations and getting our partners to, or not to, when we can bring it to that deeper level of values mm -hmm. and when we can honor the other person and the needs that they represent and the uniquenesses that they represent, it becomes a much different conversation than just how do we want to spend this $50? Can you click that buy button? It becomes, well, what does this say about you? And how does this connect with maybe some of your needs, wants, and desires and values? And how can I honor that in you before we even get to the buying yeah. conversation? Yeah. I love that. It's good. Yeah. It sounds very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the one that's like, I just want another pair of shoes. And he's like, why? Bob basically just went through his wardrobe the other day and got rid of half of his clothes. Just, Easily half. And doesn't want to replace them. He's like, I just have too many. No, I want fewer things. I, <laughs> I went from like 10 pants down like, to three pair of pants. I'm like, and dude. I'm happier. But I also realized. I have variety. 
we want freedom. And we talk about this all the time on our podcast that our financial journeys, there's so much freedom in it. It's not a one yeah. size fits all. And something that I also realized is my goodness, if he questioned every decision I make and some of the ways that I question him, mm -hmm. that would feel so stifling. And so yeah. also checking my own self of he never questions me if I want to buy something. Usually it's because like, I'm not hardly <laughs> buying anything, like, but in other areas, <laughs> oh, he put a pause on our credit card account one time because they thought it was an odd charge that something was bought off of walmart.com and they <laughs> called him and he's like, no, no one. And I didn't. And my wife never buys anything. So no canceled the card. And I'm like, what happened to our credit card? He's like, there was a weird Walmart charge. I was like, that was me. He's like, what? You've never purchased from walmart.com. <laughs> like so that one time I did. So yeah, but That's you awesome. need to give him a heads up when you buy something. Exactly. <laughs> so he doesn't cancel all of our cards. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> but That's again, so back to that freedom, where can I create freedom for him? How would I want to be treated? Right. Just back to that golden rule of, yeah, yeah. I don't want to stifle him and I don't want to be stifled. There is freedom here and where we can value each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. All right. We have some. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned this here, but you also mentioned it in something that I read about you guys, um, about how frugality isn't cheap and there are two different things. I would love to hear more about that and your views on that and how that filters maybe your buying decisions. Go ahead. Well, yeah, because so many people, they are synonyms. And right. uh, mm -hmm. yeah, so I just love to hear your take on it. You have frugality in your name. I just love to hear how you guys define those two things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is our like one of our core missions is to remove that synonymous synonymity if that's a word, Sounds between frugal and cheap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So before I was paying off debt and I thought I was, you know, spending soundly, but buying generic products at the grocery store or buying the $3 clearance clearanced shirt at Target and, yeah. and doing stuff like that, that's what I interpreted as being frugal or being like conscious with my money. But what we've really discovered through this journey and actually just having lived life is that when you buy quality, you buy less. And so yeah. that kind of led us to not only is quality stuff last longer, but it's often also made more sustainably. And the mm. human interaction from source to our house is less and better. And so for us, we've discovered that cheap is really poor quality. It's inconvenient. So maybe frugality isn't always the most convenient option, but it's definitely not inconvenient. It's not like yeah. spending hours clipping coupons to save $3. So cheap is it's inconvenient. It's lesser quality. It's at the expense of other people sometimes like Frugal people can be looked at as like moochers and yeah. we're definitely not that. So yep. it's taking all that away and putting that on cheap and viewing frugality is just being wise stewards of our resources and, and stewarding these resources as well as possible. Mm -hmm. Would you say that being short-sighted is in alignment with being cheap, specifically in terms of the value idea of buying this cheap thing that if you would have spent $15 more, it would have lasted five years longer type of thing. So would you say that short-sightedness is part of cheap and then longer-term yeah. thinking falls a little more in line with frugality? 
Yeah. Well, some of our resources aren't just money, but it's also like time. And so if you are having to buy new things more frequently, that's a waste of time. Or you're having to repair things more frequently, waste of time. And so looking into the future and thinking about your future, giving up that short-sightedness that craves instant gratification is definitely part of the definition of frugality. Yeah. Great. Our last house, when we moved to that house, we had pretty much gotten rid of all of our furniture and we were refurnishing this house. And so there was this tension of, okay, we need to budget this money so that we don't, you know, spend half of it on a couch or whatever, which you could very easily do. You know, you walk into restoration hardware, you want it all, you know, and you can buy one thing there or you could furnish the rest of your house. But I remember we were going to put up these curtains and I remember I was like, I have this specific vision in mind of what I wanted. And I found them at anthropology and I was like, Oh, anthropology, you guys know it's not cheap there, (laughs) but I was like, this is exactly what I want. And I remember trying to find them several different places, like trying to find something similar. And I was like, I found some at target that would work. And I thought, but I'm going to hate these in about a year because I'm going to be mad that I didn't get the ones I wanted. And it was one of those moments. And we still have those curtains. They're still beautiful. They look amazing, don't you think? Yeah. It's like we would have probably replaced them two or three times by now had we not just gotten the one. So, yeah, it was one of those times where it was like it made a little bit more sense to buy the nice thing instead of... And I think that's the tricky thing is identifying those things because sometimes it's not super clear on the front end. Yeah. You know, and I think especially with you with clothes, because like you'll find something that you'll wear the heck out of for five, 10 years. And then other times where you think you will, but you just won't. I don't. And I think that applies to a lot of different things. Right. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So I want to come back to the no spend challenge. I want to talk about this a little bit because I think this is just a really interesting idea because I've used 30 day challenges to really implement some significant changes in my own life. And I know the power of that. You know, I think Jen, you might've been talking about this, hinting at this a little bit, but like there have been times where I have actually found it easier, maybe in regards to sugar, like something I like a little bit too much. Sometimes I've found that I'm like, I'm just going to cut back for a month. And I actually really struggle with that. But if I just completely cut it out and have none, it's actually easier which is so counterintuitive and doesn't make any sense. But at least the way my personality is wired, I've kind of found that to be true. So for somebody listening, who's like, all right, this idea is intriguing. Give me some more visuals. Like, what does this look like? Like practically, what did you do, Jen, as you're going through this? Are these 30 day challenges? Are they one week? Are you having a cheat day? Like, how is it laid out? How's it structured? And just go through some details for me. Yeah, well, first off, I think it's much easier to be extreme in wherever you are. And that's kind of why on our show, we've coined the term the radical middle, because I mean, in any space, like to get popular, you kind of have to have this extreme view, like to debate or to write on or to get interviewed on being in the middle and figuring out what's right for you and your unique situation is not sexy. And (laughs) nobody really cares. (laughs) So it is like to an extent easier when you're getting started to have these seasons of extreme living. So that's kind of what the no spend challenge was for me. It was like a season to not have to think like at the end of the day, after I've made decisions all day, decision fatigue definitely sets in where I could have been good all day. 
at night, you know, I just have no more energy and I'm ordering takeout. Mm. But if I set myself up for a month long challenge and you could do it at whatever time fits you. Sometimes people are like, oh, but I have a wedding in three weeks, so I can't do a month long challenge. Well, that's fine. Then like skip that one day, you know, you're going to have to spend money on a wedding gift or whatever. Like don't cheap out and not get the wedding gift for your friends. Like it's not an excuse. But you can like make certain exceptions and plans in your no spend challenge. You could do it for a week, a weekend, a month, whatever suits your need in your season. And then just just say no to everything. I think my favorite term is like no, but because it's like, no, I can't spend money, but let's get creative and figure out how we can accomplish the same thing without spending. So Mm. do you want to go out to dinner? No, but do you want to come over and we can like, see if I have a frozen pizza Um, or do you want to go shopping or get our nails done? No, but do you want to come over? We can paint our nails at home. We can watch Netflix, whatever. So it gives you the opportunity to get creative, to try and recreate all the things that you love while you're spending money, but not spend money on them. For me, community is one of my core values. So I made it a point to find as many free activities during my no spend challenge so that I could just fill my time either with with side hustling or doing free events. That was kind of like my goal is anytime that I might be tempted to spend money, I would just fill it with free activities that really like spoke to my values. You know, we live in a city that thankfully has a lot going on. So that was easier for me, but it could also just be like finding people that maybe you've wanted to get to know, but haven't had the opportunity to. And now's your chance to start forming some new relationships. So like strategically, I just like to fill my time as much as possible intentionally without spending money. That way I don't give myself the opportunity to accidentally spend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to paint the picture just clear for myself, just also for anybody else listening. So, okay. So what this looks like for you as defined by you, this no spend challenge, you're not buying stuff on Amazon. You're not going out. You're not ordering food out, but you are buying groceries, right? You're still paying the bills. Yeah. Some people like to do a pantry challenge on their no spend challenge. So they have enough stockpiled where they're like, Mm. I'm actually not going to buy groceries for a month. I'm just going to eat out of my fridge freezer pantry. I've never kept that much on hand because I've always lived, you know, with smaller kitchens. So I would always buy fresh produce, but I would really try and dig into things that I had like spices and stuff I'd have for a long time. And (laughs) I try to dig into all those things in the freezer that might be in there a little too long. Um, But no, I'd always buy fresh produce. Okay. So if you do this for a month, like after that month, do you like take a vacation (laughs) of some sort where it's like, all right, it's time to celebrate. We just kicked butt for a month. Like Mm -hmm. now we're going to go out to dinner. How do you handle that? That's so, where a lot of people can get <laughs> definitely too crazy. derailed because I yeah. think a big point of the no spend challenge is to jumpstart some savings. Of course, yeah. there is always a lot of learning and discovery that happens, even if we don't do it perfectly. And we won't, especially if this is your first, second, third time trying, there will be days where you make a mistake, you mm-hmm. buy something 
but all of it is learning. All of it is useful and beneficial to helping us understand ourselves. So at the end, it's just as important to have preparations for the back end as it is for the front end, right? So before you go into a no spend challenge, you're going to consider what are the things that are okay to spend on. Hopefully your mortgage, if you have one, your bills, the things that are necessary for survival, and what are you yeah. not going to spend on? People come up with all sorts of rules. There's freedom and flexibility in it, but certainly if it's your first time, consider your discretionary spending and cut subscriptions. I mean, feel free to slice and dice as much as possible, but then also consider what's going to happen at the end. If you have a why for the no spend challenge from the beginning of jumpstarting savings or learning about my spending habits or putting X amount of dollars away for why that is going to really help on the back end to not derail all of the progress and learning. And so the next step is going to be do the thing that you had hoped you could do at the onset of this. Was it a savings goal? Was it to learn about your spending habits? Is it to put a certain amount of money away for the holidays? Then do that and utilize all the things that you just learned in your no spend challenge to celebrate. Challenge yourself to celebrate for free or already have set a a little bit of cash to be able to go out for dinner, decide ahead of time what that's going to be. Don't let yourself be surprised by an impulse decision where now yeah. everything that you just worked so hard for is completely down the tube. So yeah. at the tail end, reflecting, and we often forget that with anything that we do to pause, reflect, look back, consider what we learned. It is hard work, but that is part of the challenge. Once you've done it, what did you learn? What did you learn about yourself? Even in the areas where you might have considered it to be a failure, none of it is a failure when we're looking at this as far as personal growth. Even if you failed the entire thing, what does that show you about yourself? What, yeah. what do you now know? What would you want to do different in the future? So that reflection piece is huge. Definitely definitely celebrating, but not in a way that's going to sabotage you or not be beneficial for you overall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Personally, I would get like a nice latte after I completed one. That's just like my thing though. I love yeah. like getting coffee, like lattes out. Me too. Uh, so that would be my <laughs> reward after a, a month of being really good. I yeah. would get my latte and it would be more special than just the mindless lattes I would get, you know, because yeah. I drove past the coffee shop drive through. Mm -hmm. Then it was like really special. And I was like, I want to feel this all the time when I get a latte that I really like. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to waste my time getting lattes I don't like. I want to get the ones that even if they're a little more expensive are from the really good coffee shops. So yeah. that's how I kind of came out of it and learned from that. I love that. So I'm just, I'm processing. I'm thinking through all these pieces <laughs> on this. This is really good. Okay. Let's answer this. What tips do you have for someone doing this the first time? Who's like, I don't know what this is going to be like. I don't know how hard this is going to be. I don't know what to expect. Like, what would you tell to somebody in that situation? Yeah. So planning is essential. Like you don't just listen to this episode and be like, oh, I'm going to start a no spend challenge today because it will not go well. So <laughs> plan, it will not go the way you think it will go. Right. Uh, yeah. So planning is definitely essential. If you're the kind of person that doesn't want to buy groceries on the challenge, make sure that you have enough food. Yeah. Or if you want to buy some groceries, make a meal plan for the whole month. You can do that because you know you're not going to be getting takeout. Give yourself a lot of grace 
space too in your planning. Like know that near the end of the challenge, you are not going to be wanting to make recipes from the feed. You're going to be doing quesadillas, grilled cheese, spaghetti with cheese on top, like many cheese. Lots of cheese. A lot of cheese. So much cheese. (laughs) Yeah. So like near the end, you're going to need that comfort, real easy comfort food. So give yourself grace. Don't expect more from yourself you can give. And if you go in with your low expectations, you will be pleasantly surprised. It will still be super difficult. The meal plan is essential. Making sure that you're stocked on household stuff. So make sure you're not at the end of your toothpaste and you're like, oh crap, now I have to buy toothpaste like on my no spend challenge. So just pay attention to the things around your house. And then while you're on the no spend challenge, give yourself grace when things pop up that there's no way you could have planned for. Like when your kid comes up with a permission slip and be like, I need $20 for this field trip today. And I've had the permission slip for three weeks, but I'm just giving it to you the day. (laughs) Right. Like give yourself grace for that. That is not a failure. (laughs) That's just life. Life just happens and it's going to happen while you're on your no spend challenge. Um, Or you can tell that kid, forget it. You're not going. (laughs) Right. Then they will love your no spend challenge. They will be totally on board with all your other financial endeavors. It will be flawless. Uh, So yeah, the planning and the mindset, like the realistic and grace mindset, I think are the two most important things that I would take into it. And then from there, you're making your own rules in it. Right. I think what can be really helpful for first timers is to look at what are the things you do typically spend on? And again, you're going to want to keep the things that keep the lights on. You're going to still be paying your electric bill, your water bill, your housing, some sort of food. Again, if you're not buying food, then have a plan for food or have an amount of money that you're okay with spending for those 30 days on food. And from there, cut everything else. So we're thinking non-essentials versus essentials. Some of the Mm -hmm. way that you can get a handle on that is by looking back at your spending, your bills, all of that. What am I going to cut? And start to think, what am I going to replace that with that's free? Doing a no-spend challenge, there's not longevity in this. We are not saying, oh, then this will become the way that you live your life. Again, it's to jumpstart savings. It's for learning. It's for Mm -hmm. identifying habits. And so engaging in it for that time, for the purpose that you've set out to accomplish. Yeah. Well, and I was just going to read this thing. I posted this on our Instagram feed today. It says, nobody wants to tell you why discipline is so important. It's the strongest form of self-love. It is ignoring current pleasures for bigger rewards to come. It's loving yourself enough to give yourself everything you've ever wanted. And I just thought that was so interesting because, yeah, yeah, like I think, and you brought in this element of learning things about ourselves. If you couldn't make it the whole time or what did you miss the most? I mean, there's something there about learning things that you didn't ever realize before because you'd never been put in that position that I think brings you to, all right, what's really important to me and how can I do more of that and cut out some of the other, yeah. And where do I need to just tell myself no more often, you know? It reminds me of, I remember Tim Ferriss talking about this stoic idea of, and I think Tim still does this, where he like takes three days out of a month and just eats rice and beans, just to remind himself that he can do that. And it's actually empowering to be reminded that I can survive on that. And so like all the extra is just extra. I think that's a healthy Mm. thing to just kind of be aware of that. Yeah. But anyway, all right. So I want to talk numbers a little bit. 
So Jen, what did this look like for you? I'd love to hear like just some numbers in terms of when you first started doing this, how much were you saving that first month? Was it more or less than you thought? Because you paid off like what, 70 something thousand dollars and this was a My big gosh. part of it, right? Yeah, so $78,000 in two years, which was That's less bonkers. than half the time we thought it was gonna take. We thought it would take five wow. years. And I really do think this mindset shift and this lifestyle shift did help in speeding that up. And it also gave me more time to pursue things that would earn me more money. So mm -hmm. whereas I would have been out spending money, instead I spent my time making money. So yeah. that it just had like this dual impact. I can't remember numbers, like specific numbers off the bat, but we, that's because fine. of this, we were able to transition to living off just one income. And that's oh, wow. pretty much how we've lived our life ever since. Like we've mm. always lived on one income. And that it was because we just like said no to lifestyle inflation and tried to be intentional with the spending. Yeah, so for somebody listening and they're thinking, all right, I'm wondering if I do this, am I gonna save like $100 this month or am I gonna save closer to $1,000 this month? In your experience, average middle-class American family, like what are they closer to? Well, gosh, I know different studies have said different things about like the average American, like what they spend in non-essentials every month. And sometimes it's over like a thousand dollars. So really? it could be, I mean, if that's what you're spending, then that's yeah. how much you can save. But I know a lot of our listeners are living on smaller incomes and they're looking towards frugality to be something to kind of help them over the hump. So yeah. then in that case, it could be a couple hundred dollars. But I think as a percentage of your income and spending, it could be massive if you're talking percentage wise. Cause I think yeah. most of the time we kind of try to live at 50% or at least that's what the 50, 20, 30 budget kind of recommends. I mean, you could kind of predict it to be something around there if you want to kind of get a ballpark prediction. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. All right, well, that's really powerful. So yeah, this is really great. And people can find out a whole lot more about this whole idea by grabbing your book, right? Yes. No Spend Challenge Guide over at Amazon and probably other places, right? Yeah, over on Amazon. And it's the only one named that long <laughs> name. So it's not hard to find. Great. And then okay. you guys have, oh, go ahead. Wait, let me just ask the question that everybody else might be asking. Great. What is 50-20-30? Oh, sorry. The 50-20-30 budget is a method for budgeting where you spend 50% on essentials, 30% on non-essentials, and then I think 20% on savings. I might be mixing okay. the 30-20, but I'm pretty sure that's it. Okay. And it's not my favorite budgeting method because I think incomes vary so widely that it, it's maybe if you're at the average or median American income, it might be feasible. But okay. if you're in a high cost of living area, that may not be right for you. Your essentials may be closer to 60 yeah. or 70 percent. So it's just yeah. kind of like a standard guideline that's given. Yeah. Gotcha. That's okay. Great. All right. So All right. Well, yeah, that. I was just saying, yeah. So people can find you at your podcast, Frugal Friends Podcast, right? That's correct. Anywhere you listen to podcasts and Frugal Friends Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, we're all over the place. They're everywhere. Awesome. Love it. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on. This was a great conversation. Enjoyed this. Um, yeah. I think we need to figure out, we need to put Linda on a no spend challenge. That's what we're going to do. Sound good? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we we'll love it, it when our spouses recommend what we need. Exactly, oh my right? God. <laughs> You've got plenty of challenges for me. Don't worry. I don't know if we left you with the right takeaway, but glad to be yeah. here. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thanks for having us. Yeah. All right. Take care. 
Thanks for joining us on the Seed Time Money Podcast. And remember, money isn't the goal, but it's simply a tool to help you fulfill your purpose and your calling. And we'd love to help you achieve true financial freedom faster with our email newsletter. So if you want exclusive money tips and hope-filled encouragement in your inbox, head over to seedtime.com to get signed up.